and welcome back to the Mixed Deck Ladies Mission <laughs> Podcast. Oh, I can't remember what it's called sometimes. There's so many words, but here we are. And we're glad to um, be here again today. Today I'm here with Lydia and Olivia, and my name is Sarah. And we're going to just be talking about some things like the weather and traveling today. What's the weather out like right now, Olivia? Well, if you're outside in the sun, it feels pretty good. Maybe like 70s, you could wear a nice short sleeve shirt and feel comfortable. But if you're inside, you want a sweater because it's cold concrete house. I see. What about you, Lydia? What do you think it's like in the morning when you wake up? Is it warm, cold? Yeah, in the morning, it's absolutely freezing in your house. Um, I always tell people that living here, you go through all the seasons every single day. Because in the morning you wake up and you're freezing and you like bundle all the way up and then you get ready to go out for the day and it's probably a little chilly so you're still kind of in like pants and a long sleeve shirt, maybe a jacket. But if you're in the sun, you're sweating. But if the sun goes behind a cloud, you're freezing. If it's windy, you're freezing. It's just a whole whole variety of weather we got going on up in here all the time. I agree. We have a, a we made, Chris made a little wood fire chimney kind of thing in our house out of a a barrel and it keeps our house really quite nice and warm in that one room in the mornings but people always are confused because they see smoke coming from our house and they cook with fire and so they're like what are y'all cooking you're cooking all morning long you know because the smoke is just barreling out of our, our chimney all morning long no one has um a wood stove like that to heat your house here they're pretty cold in their houses uh, especially when they have like just wooden panels, dirt floors. I can imagine it'd be really cold in there at night. And But even in these material houses built out of concrete, it's like an ice box in a way. It just keeps the cold in. And then the same coin, sometimes if it's hot, then it keeps the hot. It's like a little mini oven. Um, but we live in the mountains, um, I think at about 5,000 feet elevation or 7,000, something like that. And so where we are, it's actually kind of cold. It's, I call it eternal spring because I think it's wonderful weather. It's like high every day of 70 to 76 and a low of maybe 40 to 50. But um, people are thinking we're burning up because it's Mexico, but we're really not. Our team used to live about two and a half hours down, down the mountain or up the mountain. Um, Olivia... What's the weather like there where we would go grocery shopping sometimes? Yeah, so over there, I was actually just there yesterday, and um, the weather is completely different over there. Um, Right now, I'd say it's like 90s or at least upper 80s. Um, You can wear shorts and um, different clothing because you're just sweating, even if you're out of the sun. Like, it's so hot. They have pools there, so it's a nice getaway if... um, you know, someone on the team has a birthday and we want to go to a pool party and get out of the cold mountain air and have a little bit different um, climate. Just two hours up down the mountain um, Mm -hmm. is really nice out there for sure. Yeah, a little mini vacay to the warm weather. Uh, Lydia, what do the women here, the mixed deck women, wear for this weather climate? What do they wear? And do you think they're actually warm or... Yeah. So the Mesec women here wear very traditional dress, especially the older women. And so what that includes is 
normally a skirt that goes a little bit like it's past their knees kind of mid calf um and then something called a whipple which is what they would weave and it's just kind of like a thin type shirt that they would make kind of shawl type thing um and to stay warm they wear exactly that and they might have something like as thin as what we think of as like a scarf that they would wrap up with and that's about it and you see these Miztec women walking in the morning to go and gather firewood or they're out um gathering like preparing their food for the day and honestly they look absolutely freezing because they have that on and they have these little jelly shoes they don't even have socks on but that's what they've worn probably their whole life and so they're content with it but i'm pretty sure they're freezing i would think so and you know what amazes me is these little old ladies they're so strong and they will be walking up a mountain with those tiny little jelly shoes on carrying like 100 pounds of wood so they can cook they're just amazing and maybe that's why they're not cold because they're working so hard (laughs) speaking of weather how does the weather affect our ministry here olivia what do you think so here there's really two main seasons um there's about six months of the dry season and six months of the rainy season um and so as odd as it may seem it really affects the ministry in a big way and so during rainy season um a lot of times you plan your day around when the rain's going to start because the rain might start about three in the afternoon and it could be for 20 minutes it could be for an hour most of the time it goes for several hours into the night and it's usually a pretty steady sometimes a heavier rain and so you don't want to be caught out in the rain without um, an umbrella or the right clothes or even just being out in the rain a lot of people will close up their store and head inside and so it can be hard to engage with um, nationals and good gospel conversations um, if it's pouring down rain <laughs> nobody wants to do that and so you have to plan to go out and meet with someone usually before the rain starts and then lord willing you can kind of get stuck in their house and the rain will start and then they'll invite you to stay for a long time and that just opens up um, really good opportunities to share the gospel and invest in their lives and um, see what they do in their home and how they do their life and uh, maybe share a meal with them and so it's just really neat opportunities Absolutely. Lydia, do you have anything to add to that about weather and ministry? Yeah, so just like the rainy season really affects the ministry, um, so does the dry season here. And one thing that I've really noticed about the dry season is the people are out a lot longer. Later into the evening, they're out. Kids are riding their bikes. People are sitting outside their stores. Um, and so that provides a lot of opportunities to engage people in conversations because a lot of people are good to go out for tacos at 6 p.m. whereas in rainy season it would be raining and nobody really wants to leave their house. Another thing that we've seen from our team is that the Mistec people during the dry season it's a big time for their construction projects and so a lot of the guys are doing reconstruction on their house they're building more houses and this has provided a cool opportunity for the guys on our team to be involved in discipleship and evangelism through construction on as they assist the Mistec believers and then just our Mistec friends and community and working on their houses and their construction projects. Another thing that it really affects as far as the dry and the rainy season is the harvest season and the planting season. And so a lot of the Mistecs will, they their life revolves around corn. And that's what they have, the corn fields, and that they plant the corn, they harvest the corn, they grow the corn. 
and they a lot of them they might sell it but a lot of them do it just to provide food for their families because they eat tortillas all the time and a lot of their food just comes from this corn and so during the dry season towards the end of it it's when they really start planting their corn and they're getting everything ready for when the rainy season comes and it's raining basically every day so it's hard for them to be able to do any kind of planting during that season because it's so muddy and rainy and everything's just like a torrential downpour every day but that provides the opportunity for them to get everything ready in the dry season and then during the rainy season it's growing and then they'll harvest it but that affects a lot of how we do ministry here because a lot of times the Mestecs, their life is going to revolve around that. And so if it's time for planting, they might not show up for events or they might not be available to study the Bible because that's what their life revolves around. It's so essential for their survival is this corn. But it also provides a really unique opportunity to do ministry alongside of them. A lot of times when we engage in conversations with people, um, a lot of our like biblical stories or examples kind of revolve around this harvest season and this planting and the corn and kind of like just different word pictures that they can understand and so it's kind of cool to see how the bible has that in it and it allows us to be able to present it in a way that these indigenous people can understand it based on their life revolving around the planting and the harvesting of the corn that they need to survive that is a really good point lydia and olivia you went and got to go experience the harvest one time didn't you yes and that was a really really humbling opportunity um I mean, growing up, we had a very small garden um, in the back of our yard. But when I say small, it was small compared to this huge field of corn that I went and had the opportunity to help harvest and just realizing that it takes a lot of work and it can be a whole day or days um, of nonstop. You go as soon as the sun comes up and um, you just take your water and you're harvesting that corn until your break time around lunch and you get about an hour and then you start back up and you go until late into the evening. Um, and I only did a half a day's work. And so, um, you definitely feel it and you have a better understanding like of what Lydia was saying that, um, just understanding that it is so important to them because this is how they provide for their families. It's what they eat and it's, um, a big part of their culture and their lives. Um, but these things are, ways that we can connect with them and learn from them um, and help them and it just blows their mind that we're willing to do it for free that we just want to spend time with them by harvesting their corn even though it's going to exhaust us and we expect nothing in return but pray for opportunities to share Um, so it's definitely a really neat opportunity to learn from the Meeks Tech people yeah that is a great opportunity Uh, another one of the topics we were going to talk about today was traveling um if you're interested in ever coming down here on a mission trip or something, maybe you're curious as to what it looks like to travel down here. Um, my suegra, um, hold on, hold on, suegra, what is a suegra? My mother-in-law and her two aunts, you know, no, her two sisters, sorry. They just, okay, do you want me to just start no, that in there um, They just came down and visited from Michigan and Montana. So... You know, you got to drive, take your plane down here, and then you arrive in usually Mexico City, and then you're going to take a bus to another town, and then we'll usually come pick you up, and you'll have to stay a hotel night in the town, and it's a nice big town, and then you'll 
you'll do a probably seven or eight hour drive to our town, which is, um, it's a beautiful drive through lots of tiny little towns and it's windy. So if you get car sick, bring your Dramamine or you'll, you'll be sorry you didn't. And There's uh, over 200 speed bumps along the way. We've mm. counted. 200 speed bumps. They are not marked like with beautiful orange paint. You have to find them. <laughs> and then what else is there along the road, ladies? I mean, like. There's definitely cows, donkeys, pigs, chickens, dogs, goats. cats, people, goats, people, stores. The road, the road breaks apart and it'll like have a landslide in the road. Sometimes it'll like the road will just kind of fall off the mountain. Dirt's in the road. It's a very adventurous experience. It is adventurous. You never know. We're not trying to deter you all from coming down and visiting. We're just trying to paint, you know, a realistic picture. But we do it quite often. We, we go to do grocery shopping or veterinarian offices are about two and a half hours away so we go there for vet services if we need it and groceries and then we have to do the seven to eight hour run anytime somebody comes we go pick them up or if we go on vacations so um it's definitely doable and it's quite the adventure and so we really do hope that you guys will um think about maybe gathering a few of you and coming down visiting us on a mission trip here um What's it like for the Mixtec people when they travel? Is it similar? Do they travel a lot? I mean, have you met people who've maybe never even left this town that we're in? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the travel for the Mixtec people um, can vary. I've definitely met some people in town who haven't traveled very far outside of town. They maybe have gone to bordering communities that are just a 15-minute drive um, some of them maybe even walk over to communities. Um, but there is a good taxi system that runs from here all the way into bigger cities, you know, seven hours from here. Um, it can be a bit of a trip to try and figure out the logistics of how to do it because usually um, they'll have to take a taxi from here and most of them open up at 4 a.m. and go until I don't know maybe 7 or 8 p.m. Um, and so you can take a taxi from our community um, and they'll wait till the taxi gets full to about four um, people and they'll load up all their things inside on top of whatever it is um, and then drive that windy road to the next community and some people get off there so you know a two and a half hour taxi ride um, and others will continue on, and they usually have to switch taxis, again, waiting for it to fill up, pile all their things with the strangers in the car, and they taxi, who knows, you know, a few more hours down the road, could be up to eight hours, um, just stopping wherever the other passengers need to go. And so that's a very common way for people to travel, um, and there's lots of taxi systems, I would say, at least three or four, maybe in our community um and then there's another mode of travel i don't know if you want to share about that lydia just what you've seen um the trucks that people can travel in yeah do they do they use car seats or you know stuff like that for their kids yeah uh no they do not use car seats or anything like that for their kids um i'll be honest i don't even think that they use like seat belts because all the people that i've seen traveling back and forth from here have way too many people in the car 
on top of the car, not really on top of the car, but in the back of the truck, however they can fit to be able to use the seatbelts. So it, just in community, I mean, I've seen people like having a regular car that was full of people and they had the trunk open and they're like sitting in the trunk to like go down the street. And so that's not as common, like leaving the community, but definitely leaving the community. Um, you'll pass trucks that are full of people on the inside of the truck. There's people piled up in the back of the truck. They might have animals in there too, and they might be hauling livestock or just all these things. They are piled up. And I think a lot of it's just logistics. Like these people don't really have a lot of vehicles or maybe like the family has one more like a delivery truck that they would go to town and they buy all their produce to come back and sell at their store. And so if their family is going to town, more than likely they're just going to pile in in the front, in the back, wherever they can fit in order to be able to get to and from where they need to go. But it's just the reality of the life here. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, good thing there is travel in a way as far as um, sharing the gospel is concerned. Uh, we're here sharing the gospel, but a lot of mixed eggs are in the States. They're in lots of different states. And when they travel to get there, it's a it's a it's a crazy experience and it's usually involving just days and days and days of driving um and they're you know we're really hoping that that we can reach the mixed decks in the states too by connecting with you guys um our u.s churches and our family members back in the states um so there's you know definitely benefits that they some of them can travel all the way to you guys. And so if you're interested in knowing maybe where some of the mixed tech people live in the States, um, you can reach out to us and, and ask us, and we can try and get you connected wherever you might be. And so um, we are just so glad to have been hanging out with you guys today, and we thank you for joining us for the Mixed Tech Ladies Missions podcast. <laughs>